Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Zone Blitz. As always, I'm Vince Miller, joined by my co-host Ashton Overholt. I've got a few different things to talk about. How are you doing today, Ashton? Doing well, doing well. Yes, sir. Okay, let's get started off with some news. Um, Jim Harbaugh in the last week signed a five-year extension for Michigan. And just to kind of recap a little bit of what the last month or so has gone, or what, what it's been like for Jim Harbaugh. So it was widely speculated that he was after an NFL job um, and reported that the Vikings wanted to interview him um, and I guess he, he thought he was getting the job. He thought the interview was one of those just formality type things and, and basically told all his assistants and all his players and all the people at Michigan that he's leaving and he's gone. Went to the interview at in Minnesota, basically treated it like a formality. Apparently even had some demands and stuff. <laughs> and the Vikings decided that this was not what they wanted um, because they, they were actually viewing him as just one of the options. And so when he, I think kind of the, the way he approached the interview sort of hurt his chances at the job. So he was not offered the job by the Vikings, um, kind of came crawling back to Michigan a little bit on his hands and knees begging. Um, and it was, I mean, it makes sense for both parties. Um, they, he's still their head coach um, moving forward. Um, this, new, this new extension, it's a little over 7 million a year for him for five years. And I, I guess maybe the main thing that people um, noticed about it is, of course, the buyout, because there is people that think that he will always have interest in an NFL job. Um, year one, his buyout is $3 million and it drops every year after that, down under a million by year four. Anything to take away from all of this? I know that was for any part of it, from the flirting with the NFL or, or anything. What, what are your thoughts on this whole entire situation? I think it almost helps him in some ways. Like, like on the, on the recruiting trail, I think Harbaugh has, like, he's always been viewed as an NFL guy, you know, and like this just kind of keeps it, Yeah. I'm, I'm not, it just kind of keeps him in the, in like with NFL, NFL vibes, I guess. Like he, he's, he's able to like pitch it like, Hey, you know, like I'm here, I'm a college coach. But like I know how to put people in the league, you know. Like I can, um, like I have, yeah, I have experience, and I'm, I was a really, really good NFL coach, which he was. Um, I think the Vikings missed out on a good coach. Like I think he's better than, and I know we're not an NFL pod or anything, but like he was their best. I think they missed out, like by not getting him. I think he's better than O'Connell um, will end up being. Um, I think Harbaugh has succeeded at, at every place he's he's been at. Like he's like Brian Kelly. Like they just they they're just really good at football. Um, so huge for Michigan. That's really big for Michigan to keep, get him back. I think, I think recruiting will almost pick up a little bit. Like, I think he's locked in now and I think recruiting will pick up for him. I think he can do even a slightly better job there. I'm a hardball guy. Like, I'm not gonna lie. Like even before this year, I was a hardball fan. Let me and you have argued about this many times. I was, I always was kind of on the bandwagon for hardball. Um, I think this just, for me, this just reinforces what I think I already knew. Like I'm a, I'm a fan of his and I, I believe he'll be really, really good there. So another thing, there were also some insider reports. I don't know what else I should share just from premium information I've heard. Um, but there's, you know, there was talk that some of the Michigan assistant coaches were kind of 
hurt by I guess everything that went on. Um, and he sure. did lo- he did lose Josh Gaddis, who left for the Miami yep. offensive coordinator job. Yep. yep. Any any worry on that side of it? Just as far as a staff the staff side of things. No, no, not not really, not for me. Like I think with with coaches, if you can prove yourself to take an assistant coach and and have him employ him for a couple of years, and then he gets to go get another really really elite job. Like, like Gaddis won the award for top assistant of the year last year. Like he may you was he deserving? Maybe maybe not, but he won the award. That, that means something to other assistants. He's going to be able to go and get his pick of offensive mind. Um, or, or even, even, even other assistants like downline, like, yeah, for, for, for smaller positions. I think seeing that, like if you're an up and coming coach and you have an opportunity to go, um, yeah, like this guy has, has NFL credentials and he's, his assistants do well, you know, like his assistants do very well. I'm, I'm for that. Like I'm, I'm a fan, I'm a fan of that. So I think. Yeah, he, he did lose. Um, yeah, losing Gaddis hurts. I understand that. I think he'll re- he'll he will be just fine at picking up and, and going from there. I think he'll be able to attract some um, talented coaches. Okay. Yeah, I, I don't totally agree with everything you're saying, um, but I. I well, also you've never f- liked Tarball though. Like, let's be honest. Sure. How much of this is just you being a Notre Dame fan? No, no. Listen, there's there's people out there that are saying like, oh, like this this is just opening everything up for negative recruiting for every situation the recruiting is going to Who? tank who's saying that who's I'm, saying that there's okay so there's people saying it online mostly fans i'm saying i don't agree with those people i also don't agree that this actually helps like i i think i think it i also don't agree that it necessarily hurts a lot like it doesn't hurt at all my it doesn't hot, hurt at my all. hot take i guess is that there's very little of a hot take here <laughs> like no like that, i don't think too it, i'm on the same i place. don't think it moves the the I don't think it helps. I think if it if it changes anything, it probably hurts a little bit just because it does look like maybe he's got a one foot out of the door. Um, and I think pe- teams will negatively re- recruit against that. I don't know that it'll be very effective. Like, I don't think a whole lot changes. Okay. Is, so is my opinion. We're, we're almost we're almost both in the middle. I'm just on one side. Like, I think it helps him a little bit. You think it hurts him a little bit. Yeah, is that, exactly. Like, fair? neither one of us thinks it's a huge difference, but I, I think it probably will have a slight negative impact. Okay, how about this? Did, did Harbaugh's performance this past year, or Michigan's performance, did that change your mind on Harbaugh at all? Maybe a little. I've always thought that he's a top 20 coach. And yes, I think, I think maybe the, like, I don't know. I think maybe you would in past years have ranked him in the 10 to 12 range and I would have been more in like the 15 to 20 range. And that doesn't sound like a big difference. And it's really probably not. (laughs) I I, I don't know. Like, I I do think that this, we just saw Michigan ceiling under Harbaugh. Like, I don't think, I don't think, I mean, it's a playoff. Like if if your ceiling is the playoff, like that's still like, that puts you literally at four. Like you sure. no lower than four as a coach or as a program. So like I think he could he has top five potential as as a coach. Sure. Uh, here maybe here's a good question. Do you think that they will make another playoff with Harbaugh as their head coach? Yes. Yes, I think so. I think most, especially like a like a big program like Michigan, Michigan, the once a program makes it, it seems almost inevitable that they make it again now we do have some flukes like you like will cincinnati make it again probably not like washington probably not but like 
yeah, like like Ohio State, Clemson, Alabama, Georgia, these programs, uh, Oklahoma, these programs made it multiple times, and like they're big name programs with money. I think they just kind of they they get a taste of it and and kind of yeah, they just kind of re like they they push all in even more, you know. And yeah. like I think that will happen at Michigan. I think I think not I'm not I'm not saying he will go again this year, but like winning the Big Ten and going to a playoff is a hugely successful year. You beat Ohio State. That's like that's yeah. the best season they've had in a long, long time. So like will they be that good again in the next three years? Maybe not, but can they make a playoff in the next three years? Yeah, probably. Okay, yeah, and I, I guess I should have maybe clarified the question too, because we do have four more years of the playoff as it currently stands. Um, that's, I guess, another piece of news. So they kind yep. of pushed off expansion um, oh, past twenty twenty five. Thank goodness. And so I guess if I was trying to figure out maybe if Michigan makes one of the next four playoffs, like obviously we think you know that Michigan will make the playoff once. When, inevitably expands like they will absolutely do that (laughs) yeah Um, right but as far as like 15 teams 16 teams whatever but but as far as when it's a 14 playoff in the next four years i think i would Mm -hmm. be a slight bet against them making it again wouldn't be shocked if they did like i think it's 50 50 but maybe more like 40 60. (laughs) i guess maybe just to to wrap up the hardball stuff i think for for those of us that were on his side or in his corner, this was just confirmation of what we thought yeah. all the time. Like this sure. was what I thought, this is what I thought he was. Like that's, I thought that's what Harbaugh was. And yeah, and the whole, the, like, the, the program that really stood in his way from having done this before was Ohio State. Like if, Ohio, if mm-hmm. Urban's not at Ohio State, you know, does he get, maybe he's done this three times already. Maybe he has, maybe he has three Big Ten championships. But yeah, and, and can Ryan Day continue to, to uphold that like we'll, we'll see like well that's just yeah that remains to be seen but like this was this was really big for for those of us that really thought he had this in him mm-hmm. and maybe i should clarify why i'm a little down on it it's just i feel like be, one of the main things that we we often see when a, when a school kind of takes that next leap is it affects then the recruiting and that's what really propels georgia for example to all yeah. of a sudden being a top five team on a yearly basis. Yeah. And we haven't really seen that from Michigan. They they signed a top 10 classes last year based a lot on numbers. Like yeah. the, the blue chip ratio for them, I, I want to say it was just under 50% or right around 50%. And the class of 23 is, is a very important class, I would say, for Michigan. Because if they're still in that number 10 range, which is where they've been, like I, I don't know that we're going to see any higher of a ceiling for them going forward. But hey, like it's possible. We've, it's kind of, okay, so I guess Ohio State is king in the Midwest. It feels like Penn State, Michigan, Notre Dame are all chasing. And if I, if I look at recruiting, I feel like Notre Dame is the best set up to, to close that gap with Ohio State in the Midwest. I'm not sure that I'm seeing Michigan and Penn State do that. Like I, I'm just, and maybe not close the gap, but at least narrow it is kind of, what, I guess, what I'm going for. Like I, I think of those three that are chasing Ohio State, yeah. Right now, I think Notre Dame is the best setup for the next three, four years. And and I guess I would argue that you know let's at least take the guy that's beaten Notre Dame. You know, like I guess that would be my counter argument. Or, or sorry, beaten Ohio State. My bad. <laughs> gotcha. Yeah. I was a little confused with what you meant. There. Yeah. My all sorry. right. Okay, let's move on. Uh, so the next thing we want to talk about is uh, Bill Connolly uh, from ESPN just put out his SP Plus um, preseason projections for 2022. Um, most of it's behind a paywall. They did release the top ten. So we'll go ahead and share that with y'all. Um, if you have ESPN Plus, I encourage you to go check the whole thing out, the top 25. Basically, this is just 
It's based off of a number of, of factors. Um, the preseason projections, I mean, other than this is different than his in-season rankings, which are based a lot on on what's actually happening in the season. This is based on recruiting um, your past five years. Uh, I can't remember what all the factors are. A returning production, that's part of it. Um, but anyway, it's top 10. Number one is Ohio State. Number two, Georgia. Number three, Alabama. Four, Michigan. Five, Clemson. Six, Texas A&M. Seven, Oklahoma. Eight, Notre Dame. Nine, Tennessee. And 10, Wisconsin. Yeah. Any of these stand out to you, either being thinking they're either significantly too high or too low? Y- yes. Y- yes. Uh, okay. For like, just want to preface this a little bit. SP Plus, like, I, okay. This is still a this is a nerd's version of college football. Like I just want to just like go ahead and say that. Like I'm not saying I like Conley. I do it. Like I'm not. I listen to his stuff sometimes. But for anyone, anyone to have Alabama at three in the preseason is foolish. Okay. By the way, That's I should, foolish. That's I should foolish. point out this is not a person's opinion. This is what his algorithm split spit out. And I'm saying you need to correct the algorithm. Okay. Like, like there's something there that you're missing if you're putting Alabama at three. Like, like that's where that's where like I see that and it kind of like loses like legitimacy maybe a little bit for me. Like I again like his stuff and and you're right. Like he he normally does a really good job at at predicting things. Um, his like overall against the spread, he's he's done a good job. Like he's what like what do you say fifty five percent or something? Um, something like that, yeah. Which is good. Like that that's like that's significant. So. I, I, I get what you're saying, like, you know, the Ohio, with Ohio State at one and Georgia at two. I, I understand that. He's looking at all the, the talent and, and stuff. I, I get it. But Alabama is the number. They will be the, the preseason number one. They should be the preseason number one. And 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 they should not be at three. Um, other than Alabama, I, I really only have a big problem with Tennessee and Wisconsin um, being up that high. They're at nine and ten. Tennessee's at nine. Wisconsin at ten. Those are too high for me. I Tennessee, Tennessee, Tennessee. Oh my! Why? Why do we do this to ourselves? Like they're so we think that they're going to overtake Old Miss this year, and 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 kind of you know as that third or fourth SEC team, like kind of that Sugar Bowl candidate. You know, like yeah. You think you do? We really think that Tennessee is going to go ten and two? They have to play Alabama and Georgia and Florida, like. Like they have, like, do we think they're going to go ten and two? Really? Do like <laughs> you trust them? Like I don't understand. Arkansas will finish twenty twenty two in the top ten. They will. That will happen. I do not think that Tennessee will. I don't see it happening. Wisconsin, I have a slightly, maybe a slightly less problem with. Just yeah, like they're so consistent. Like I, like I understand where he's going there. Like you know, you're you're going for a, a consistent team. I I get that. I get it. Had they gotten Caleb Williams, like yeah, like dude, top five maybe. Who knows? Yeah. But Tennessee is is ridiculous. It's funny actually. He's Wisconsin is known for always being a little too high in SP plus. Oh really? <laughs> yeah. He's pointed this out on Twitter often. He's like he's a, he gets a little mad sometimes <laughs> at his own algorithm okay. <laughs> because because Wisconsin seems to have like figured it out. <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> like they do they push just the right buttons somehow that make his computer think that they're better than they really are. Um, what, what what all does he take into it? Is it like what like what's his secret sauce? Is it like some kind of turnover ratio or 
Like so, running, running. If it's if he's big on Wisconsin, it's got to be some kind of offensive line st- statistic, right? Oh, so in the season, it's it's a per play basis statistic. Um, okay, yeah. And it uses some things like success rate, basically, just which is an efficiency thing. Um, okay. It also tracks explosiveness, um, expected turnovers, which is more predictive than actual turnovers because fumbles are fluky. Um, basically, you're supposed to recover fifty percent of your fumbles. And the other team's fumbles. Um, okay. And, you're, and yep. you're supposed to also, along with that, something like 22% of of broken up passes are actually intercepted. Some oh, really? teams, yeah. Some teams like really flukily, you know, they'll pick off 50%. Iowa. Iowa. Yeah, exactly. Yes. That's exactly. Iowa. Okay. Um, and so, like, if as a predictive measure, SP Plus will go by what your expected turnover should be as opposed to yeah. actual. Um, and then finishing drives is one of them. So basically how you do in, inside the red zone. Okay. And I'm missing one of it. There's five factors basically. So what know. did you see on the list that surprised you on the top 10 there? Ohio state surprised me at one. Um, I'm with you. Like Alabama is like, if I'm putting a poll out, I'm having Alabama number one for preseason yep. 2022. Yep. Um, yeah. And I should, I should, also state like I like SP plus as a tool that, that's how I, I view most analytic systems like they're wonderful tools but then yep. you have to like account for things that the analytics can't see for example right. like someone right. is hurt or whatever like right it's yeah. always it's always good to use these things as a tool um so if if I was using this as a tool I would tweak a few things I would put Alabama at one <laughs> I did find it interesting that they actually had Georgia ahead of Alabama um me too which was yeah, like I I think that makes me feel a little, a little bit better about Georgia's chances next year. Just to why read. why why what? Because part it of it should is, not. It should well, absolutely not. Okay, all right. <laughs> I like no. I, I I'm a Georgia fan. Like I I How do like, you rank those three right now? Because I think it's clear those are the top three going into next season. Understood. Yeah. No. I mean, we said that we said that last year too, though. You know, and like there was a clear drop after Georgia. Alabama and Ohio State, and it actually turned out it was just Georgia and Alabama, and then there was a drop. But, like, I think that, I mean, not that the same thing could be happening again, but Alabama is absolutely at one. And and you could convince me to go Ohio State two, Georgia three, but I would still probably lean Georgia two, Ohio State three, sure. simply because Ohio State cannot stop a running attack. They, they, they cannot, and they can't block anymore. Yeah. So, like, yeah, like, I... Alabama has, yeah, I, we've went over this all the time. Like, yeah. do, do I like it? No. Am I an Alabama fan? No. Do I, I very much dislike them, but they have the best quarterback and the best pass rusher in the country. Like, yeah. not to mention the best coaching staff. Like, yeah, they should be number one. I think part of the reason that they have that Ohio's, that the formula likes Ohio State so much is because their offense is so much better than anybody else's. Um, and obviously that's balanced out by the defense when you're comparing to George and Alabama. Um, but it's just such a big gap that I think that's probably what the formula saw. And, th- and they're returning yeah. top tier quarterback and, and probably the best receiving country, receiving core in the country. Anyway, moving on down, down the list, I think probably one of the ones that stands out to me as being too high is Michigan at four, just because they lose so much on that defense. And that was really their bread and butter last year was the defense. Right. SP Plus is projecting their offense to get better, which is probably likely. But I just don't know like if it matters that much because I do think their their defense will take a step back. 
What do you think uh, on Michigan? Yeah. I'm conflicted. Like, who are you going to put above them? You're going to put Clemson? Like, do I trust Michigan or Clemson more? Well, like, I'd probably trust Michigan more, right? Like, do you trust A&M or Michigan? I still trust Michigan. Like, I don't trust A&M or, or Clemson. Those are the, the teams right below them. You could convince me Oklahoma or Notre Dame, maybe, but, like, that's a bit of a drop. Like, I, I still would be taking Michigan. Like, I think Michigan for, – for me, Michigan is a good number four team. Okay. Um, just simply because I don't trust the teams below them. Like I under, like yeah. I'm putting, I'm yeah. I mean, I understand he, he has all like the analytics to this and I'm going strictly off of feel like, you know, what, where I, yeah. how I feel about these teams and like, do I trust them? Like would I bet money on them? And, and like, I would bet money on Michigan, but I would not be betting on Clemson or A&M this year. Gotcha. I, it's funny that you, those are the four teams you mentioned. I do think that those four plus Michigan, it's kind of that next year, next year. Yeah, it is. And, I would just probably have Michigan closer to the bottom of that tier. Um, like I, I do think I would probably trust the the other four teams more than Michigan next. Just speaking sp- strictly on next year because of that defense. Again, wouldn't be shocked at all if if they were at the top of that tier. Like I, I do think those five are all fairly comparable. Um, yeah, go ahead. Clemson is a can of worms at five. And like what we should just do sometime this off season is do a whole episode on Clemson only, like just Clemson. Like we'll just talk about only them yeah. because they are the ultimate wild card. Like Absolutely. they could, they could be a really, really good team, a playoff team. They could, they could win a game in the playoff and go to the championship and play for the, like, I don't think they'll, I don't think they're quite at that level, but they, they could be like, we, like we've seen that. That wouldn't be surprising to anyone if they made that or they like, you know, they had three losses last year in the ACC, yeah. in the ACC. Mm-hmm. And I, I know one of them was to Georgia. Like, I, I understand that. But, like, that, that, oh, watching those games, they could have lost five. Like, they, they could have lost so yeah. many more games last year that they just somehow just squeaked out. And the offense was such a struggle. And do we believe that Kate Klubnick is just going to be able to come in there and completely change it with a new offensive coordinator, you know, a new defensive coordinator, too? Like, oh, I mean, maybe, like, maybe, maybe they'll be fine. Like, yeah, I, on the bright side, on on the bright side for Clemson, they get to play in a very, in probably the weakest conference. Like the ACC yeah. right now for me is the weakest of the Power Five conferences. Sure, um, they should be able to 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 walk through that, even if they're bad. I think that's part of the reason why I trust them more. Is just <laughs> they don't have an Ohio State and a Penn State to go through. Right. Like, yeah. Okay, um, so another thing we want to talk about in this episode is our top five favorite slash best games of the 2021 season. I don't know how, oh, you, yeah. how, how did you how did you approach this? Was it was it more favorite or best? What what did you think, or kind of how did you approach it? Uh, some, some of both. So okay. games that I enjoyed watching, but that they I mean they had to be competitive, right? Or else you're not you're not really going to be into it. We stuck with regular season only. Um, so like I didn't have like any of the playoff games or, okay. or conference championship games factored in. I don't know if you did or not. Um, for me, number one was A and M versus Alabama, just strictly because like the night game on CBS. We thought that CBS had a, had taken a huge L by making that their only night game of the year, and it turns out like they they hit a home run with it. They really did. Right. And and part of it. Like, yeah, it, it, it is really fun when like Alabama loses. Like, you know what I mean? Like every, the, yeah. the whole nation enjoys when Alabama loses. Sure. That's just that's just a fact. But 
to see, like, it was just a really good game. It was just a, an extremely competitive game. It was back and forth. Um, Calzada down, yeah, down the stretch, um, making just huge throws. Um, so yeah, like that's, that's number one for me. And I think because just of the entertainment value, like you had to watch cause you knew their national ramifications there. Yeah. That actually just missed my list. Um, I did not go only regular season. Um, oh, did you not? Oh, and I had two other games involving involving Alabama. <laughs> okay. So the Georgia, the Georgia games. Yeah. So it was actually not both of them. It was just one of them. Anyway, okay. I kind of went just purely on instead of personal enjoyment because I could have gone five Notre Dame games or Ohio State losing or whatever. Um, <laughs> okay. I went. I tried to go like a mixture of like best games slash most entertaining um, games that were just a lot of fun to watch like uh-huh. that. And, and I wanted stakes, so I only had games where there was at least one team ranked. Um, which okay. I would assume that's probably what we ended up with anyway. But like, yeah, right. I mean, yeah, you can argue that oh, this I'm making something up now. This Toledo Miami Ohio game that went to three overtimes and finished fifty two to forty nine. Okay, that probably has never happened in the MAC. But like, I'm, right. I'm using that as like. No one cares. Okay. Like, yeah, that's fun to watch, but that's not actually one of the best games because there's no stakes there. Sure. Not, not on a national scale. So most of these actually had some level of stakes, if that makes sense. Um, okay. Yeah. You gave one of your games. I'm going to just go through mine chronologically. Okay. My first game was from week one. Um, and here I talk about not personal, but I went Notre Dame 41, Florida State 38, um, an overtime game. And I yeah. think I think that's like people just really enjoyed that game. It was Notre Dame was actually I'm trying to remember exactly what the game script was. Notre Dame, I believe, was up pretty big. And then Mackenzie Milton comes off the bench and leads a big comeback for Florida State. And the place is like Doe Campbell's going absolutely bananas. This is week one. So like college football is back. Yeah. Um, crowds. When, crowds were back. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Went to overtime. Notre Dame kicked a field goal to win it. Um, but just a very fun, like entertaining game, in my opinion. So for me, my my second one, this was number two for me, is Michigan at Ohio State, or sorry, home to Ohio State last uh, yeah last regular regular season week of the year. It was a playoff game, like it was yeah. a playoff game. It it like and it delivered like i it was just it was really entertaining in the snow like you had kind of like the snow kind of yeah. like the the novelty of all of that um and yeah hassan haskins ran for five touchdowns like it was it was just really fun i think the the players that that were that needed to be big in that game were to make it just really entertaining um like yeah aiden hutchison and and ojabo like we're all after cj stroud um it, it was just really fascinating to watch. It was it was a game that you another one where you kind of like understood that like how much it meant for both teams and to see to see Michigan get over the hump and like like to to beat them there like that meant so much to them and yeah like just yeah the the crowd like rushes the field and everything it was really neat. Um, that's number two for me. Yeah, that was a great game as well. Another game that just narrowly missed my list. And like, these, there were so many games I wanted to put on my top five, and I just couldn't. Like, I, I don't know, man. I, I had to narrow this down from like twenty games that I originally. What wrote did down. you have on your top five? Let, let's keep going. My next, my next game is Oklahoma fifty-five, Texas forty-eight. Yeah. Okay. Didn't end up with quite as high stakes as we thought, but just <laughs> this was a fun game. Like, this was one of those games where, like, I don't usually care that much who wins this game. 
but it usually delivers just as far. Like I want to watch this game every year and it absolutely delivered this year. Texas went up big um, Oklahoma with the comeback under Caleb Williams. Um, was this the game where they sat Spencer Rattler? Yes. Mid- middle of the game. Yep. Yes. That's what I was thinking. Um, yep. The comeback led by Caleb Williams. Just a, just a fantastic game. That that's that's my number three game um, okay. for me. Was, was yeah, it was Oklahoma um, at Texas. Um, yeah, for for all the reasons that you said, it, like it it was, it kind of maybe lost some of its luster later on. We thought Texas was going to be really good, and like yeah. like we thought Oklahoma was a playoff team, you know. So sure. like I I actually had Oklahoma in the preseason winning the national title, like they were my title pick. Mm-hmm. Um, so like we were really big on them, and then yeah, it turned out to maybe not be quite as full of yeah just juice as what we thought but still was a phenomenal game like the game itself was crazy good so yeah i think the story of this yeah the story was caleb williams coming on and and spencer adler not really playing since so yeah okay my next game was the same weekend actually ole miss 52 arkansas 51 this one was awesome like just two offenses that were absolutely dialed in going up and down the field this game ended with arkansas scoring on the last play of the game and then going for two for the win and not being able to convert Um, and which i enjoyed like i i was rooting for arkansas just because uh, i don't know i grew up i I lived a couple years in arkansas as a kid and i've always kind of liked them as my favorite sec team um but i was just purely enjoying the game like it was just a thrilling game that's number four for me as well. Uh, like, it was fifty-two to fifty-one, and they yeah. won on a missed two-point. Like, just to yeah, like that's it's is Kiffin Kiffin versus Kendall Bryles, like his yes. offensive minds. Just like I loved every bit of it. It was creative. It was everything yes. that the SEC accused the Big Twelve of being just a couple of years ago, and like. I, I like here's the thing I think the defenses for both of these teams are actually pretty good like I actually yeah. really think that like Arkansas has a decent defense Ole Miss yes. was maybe a little opportunistic I guess you could say they weren't great but they were they weren't bad like they weren't 52 points scored on you bad right like so I, I think it just speaks to like how how special that game was and and yeah just the track meet that it was um, it, they combined for 103 points and 1,287 yards, um, three 100-yard rushers in that game. So, yeah, it, it was all it was it was so much fun. That game, by the way, Ole Miss in Arkansas was being played at the exact same time as Oklahoma Texas. Yes, that, it was the the noon window on October 9th. And by the way, later that night was when was when A and M played Alabama. So like that day was just incredible. Like, That's yeah. Awesome. But the only the only bad part is you had to flip between Oklahoma, Texas, and Ole Miss, Arkansas. Like they were both coming down at the exact same time, and it was the clock like was yeah like late in the fourth quarter, and you like you couldn't. It was really hard to like focus all your attention on just one because it was yeah. like so much happening. I definitely had my second TV up that day, and. Those were the, like I couldn't hardly take the either TV off of those two games. It was just like you had to watch those two. Um, thrilling. Anyway, so my fourth game again, going chronologically, I went the same. I went rivalry week. You all, you went with Michigan Ohio State. I almost went with that, but I chose one that was down to the wire, um, and that was the Iron Bowl. Alabama twenty four, yeah. Auburn twenty two, an overtime yeah. game, and yeah. there were stakes in this game, especially as a Notre Dame fan because we needed Alabama to lose this game. Um, and 
so did Oklahoma State and Cincinnati and a lot of other right. schools right. like were rooting against Alabama. This had real yeah, like this mattered. And apparently mattered on the Auburn side too, because like we almost saw their coach get fired this offseason after one year. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. But it's so much different if he wins that game too, by the way. Like the whole narrative yes. is so different if if Tank Bigsby just goes down in bounds. If he goes but down in bounds, I was just gonna bring it up. Tank Bigsby, you could just see it happening as it was yeah. happening. Yeah. He decides to go out of bounds and everyone was like, Oh, oh crap. This you could just see the way this could go wrong. Um Auburn basically dominated the line of scrimmage in this game, which is what made me think that Alabama would lose the SEC championship game to Georgia um, because yeah. Auburn just dominated the, the line of scrimmage yeah. in this game. Right. <laughs> but Alabama right. found a way to win. Bryce Young came through. Yeah. Um, and, yeah. Anyway, Bama, of course, made the playoff and the title game. And, yeah. Anyway. All right. You're down to one last game. Is that correct? Yeah, this is this is number five for me, and this one's actually like really. I don't. I'm going so many different directions with this. We have the Bedlam game, which is like that's an yeah. honorable mention. Honorable sure. mention for me. Um, Kansas versus Texas, fifty-seven <laughs> to fifty-six, fifty-seven to fifty-six in yes. a football game. Um, that's old school Big Twelve for you right there. Kansas won. That's still honorable mention for me. Um, the the nine overtime game where <laughs> Illinois beat Penn State. 20 to 18 in nine overtimes like they could have played like they, they never would have made it to 30 points like i just think that's that's what's so silly like in nine like the team started the 25 they started the 25 how do, <laughs> and then yeah and then then you get a two-point conversion off and like they everyone just was missing and by the way that was the game that i realized there was a it was a two-point conversion off like oh, yeah. I don't think I actually really grasped the concept. I was like, yeah, yeah, like that. You know, it doesn't really happen. Like, what's that going to happen? Like three times? And it's never going to happen when it matters. You know, and <laughs> and then like you you watch and it was like, holy cow! Like neither of these teams can they can't score from like they have no good two point plays left. And somehow Illinois wins twenty to eighteen again. Honorable mention for me. So the number five, my number number five is Michigan State beating Michigan thirty seven thirty three. Yes, I think Kenneth Walker. Like this was it for me. I, I was a. I'm a big Michigan State guy. Like I, I believe in Mel Tucker. I'm a fan of his. And sure, yeah. Like t- Kenneth Walker went for 197 and five touchdowns. Yeah, and like they had like just a really late surge um, in the fourth quarter to to come back and take that one. Um, and it's in East Lansing. So. That's number five for me. I think probably the reason I had it above the honorable mentions, it was just strictly because of how much it meant. Like it took Michigan State from kind of a middle of the road team to like, yeah, like, I mean, they were, they were playoff conversation, you know? And and I think that win got them there. Like that made them legitimate. And they won a New Year's Six bowl game then. Like, that was a big deal. Yeah, I don't have any issue with any of your five. This was very difficult. My, the last one I have is the title game, Georgia 33, Alabama 18. Yeah. Um, and that this is the only one on my list that didn't come down to like, like the, the last second basically, or, or, you know, like a one score game. Right. Um, but it essentially did like, that was a back and forth game. I thought the, pretty much the whole way until the pick six at the end. And yeah, like I was, I just really enjoyed the title game. We've had, we've had several blowouts in recent years. Yeah. This was not, this was close. Our playoff games were blowouts this year, but this was a good title game. That's right. Um, it was just, yeah, the the best defense in the country 
against Nick Saban and then and the Heisman, Heisman Troving one. Yeah. Yeah. Like yeah. it was just a lot of fun. So I was yeah. And again, I probably leaned a little more towards just pure entertainment. Sure. Um, but that one was pure entertainment to me. All right. Any games that we should talk about that were just like like you okay, like the Rose Bowl and the oh man, there were just so many good games this year. I, College football is awesome. What can we say? Okay, October 9th. This is the one that will always get forgotten forever. Like this one didn't even really happen, but it did. It was number three, Iowa versus number four, Penn yes. State. Yes. 23 to 20 <laughs> and just a slugfest. I mean, oh, I I remember being so upset when this game was over. I was so oh, upset man. about this one because we were we were all over Penn State. Me and you both yep. were like in our in our picks. We were certain that Penn State was going to win this game, and they would have. Um, Clifford goes down, and they don't. But yeah, yeah. So that one there was like. By the way, like people say, I've heard Iowa. I've heard Iowa fans say that we don't know how the game would have gone if Clifford had stayed healthy. We know how the game would have gone if Clifford would have stayed healthy. <laughs> yeah. It, it was number three versus number four. Yeah. Like, that's a big game, and it's it's an afterthought. Like, we don't even think yeah. about it. Do you remember, not to change too many gears here, but week one, Georgia played Clemson. That was three versus five. Yeah. Three versus five. Yeah. No one, we don't even talk about that anymore. People forgot about that because Clemson was, you know, not good. So... Like people forget that game like really happened too. I, yeah, I, so much of that stuff I think is so interesting because, uh, th- like the like the lead ups to these games, like we viewed we viewed those games as huge. Like Georgia yeah. Clemson was going to be the game of the year. You couldn't convince anyone otherwise, right. and like it it doesn't even make the top twenty. You know. Yeah, I had it like on my final twenty just because I oh did you it. just because okay. like not because it was necessarily that great of a game, but because it was entertaining and. Yeah, like that was maybe this year's version of two really good defenses going at it and in a low-scoring affair. Um, Right. Yeah. Also, like kind of in the same category, Alabama 31, Florida 29. Like that was supposed to be a big deal. And, you know, Florida ends up firing their coach. Like, yeah, yeah. like that was supposed to be two top 10 teams. Yeah. Um, NC State 27, Clemson 21. That was another one that was on my list that was hard to – Hard to leave off. Yeah, there was just or, a lot. Oregon, of Ohio State. Oregon yes. going to the shoe, beating Ohio State by a touchdown. That was that was fun. I that one yeah. for me probably was in my top ten. Like sure. I really really liked that game. It was it was just very it was entertaining. It was a lot of yeah, fun. That was also probably in my top ten. I, I think if Oregon makes the playoff, like we might yeah. even remember that a little more fondly. That's right. Yeah. No, I I would agree. I like I'm with you too on on like the Alabama Florida game. Like these are games that. Like they, they happen so early, like those happened in the first yeah. three weeks of the regular season and you kind of forget about them. Like they were like, like the, yeah, like the consequences were suffered, you know? And so like Florida then drops and, and then they drop other games too, you know? So like, it doesn't, it doesn't get viewed as a big game anymore, but yeah. like in the moment, in the moment that game was huge. And like, like we mm-hmm. thought like Florida, ah, Florida, Florida can, you know, they're going to be right there with Alabama. Like they're, they, they, yeah, they can still win the East. I remember that. Like, yeah, you know, George George is good, but like Florida's Florida's the class of the East. It's like they they freaking lost. Like, okay, yeah, spare me. Um, but that's a, yeah, we can we can get into that later. But the I think we, we should like make a list of these games, and that way when people get like 
in the like the real dog days, you know, like early summer when there's just not nothing really happening, you're just desperate for football. YouTube, you can go baby. back and watch. Yeah, go YouTube <laughs> this stuff. Go go watch like even even watch like the the plays only like the like the thirty minute plays only. Um, yes, that you can get on, on YouTube. I love those. Yep. Like, dude, that's that's what gets me through the the off seasons. That <laughs> is what gets me through. Yes. All right. One final thing I want to talk about today. Um, I guess just a bit of a, <laughs> I don't want to go over and rant too much here, but it seems like yeah. every year around the Super Bowl, we see these articles <laughs> that, that talk about, you know, Cooper Cup was a zero star recruit. Stars don't yeah. matter. <laughs> All right. You've seen these articles every year, surely. I, I have. You, you know what I'm I talking have. about. I do. Yeah. I just want to like put this out there for, and maybe like people hear these and they also wonder why we talk so much about recruiting. Yeah. And I'm here to tell you like, Yeah. Most of the players in the NFL, just statistically, were not four and five star players. Right. The reason for this is very clear. There are way, way more three and two star players every year coming out of high school than there are four and five star players. If I just look at this, just this last year's cycle that just signed, just looking at the the numbers as of as far as like number of recruits, there are currently in the class of 2022. 34 five stars, 354 stars, 1,681 three stars. And I didn't count the two stars, but I know it's used, most years it's similar to the number of three stars. So just the sheer volume, like there's 255 draft picks or something every year. Like, oh, yeah. Yeah, there's more three stars and four and five stars because there's just way more out there. If you look at percentage of the stars, that are drafted, or I, I can word that a little better, I guess. So I think you know what I'm talking about. Like <laughs> percentage did. of the five stars that get drafted, percentage of the four stars that get drafted, and so on. Five star recruits coming out of high school, roughly 57 to 66% of them, depending on what year you look at, get drafted. So almost two thirds of five stars get drafted. Right. Pretty significant. It is. Four stars. We dropped down to about 23 to 24%. Still a decent number, but it's like way lower than the five stars. Three stars, we're looking at five to 7%. And two stars, one to one and a half percent. This drops significantly with each star. So, and it, by the way, like these numbers for like the percentage of five stars that get drafted is slowly going up over the last 20 years, just because recruiting rankings are getting better. Now, now we have like yeah. four major services that are all doing recruiting yeah. rankings. You combine them together yep. and you get a much more accurate picture of, of high school talent than you did in 2002 when it was pretty much just rivals and nobody else. Like, yeah. Yeah. Recruiting rankings matter. Um, so just because Cooper Cup made it as a zero star does not mean that your uh, college is better off going out and recruiting all the zero stars and three stars and so on. Like four and five star recruits still matter. A much higher percentage of five stars make it to the NFL, the four stars and so on down the line. I think when you look at to like the, the, the ones that have like NFL players that end up having like a ton of success, you look at like Stafford, Matt Stafford, the, mm-hmm. the, the Super Bowl winner, he was a, a, a high five star, right? Yep. Like you like even like Mahomes, Mahomes is is extremely talented. He wasn't he wasn't ranked quite as high. Like he was very raw, but like the talent was there, which is what these 
what that's what these these services are trying to do is just like identify freak talents you know like yeah. kyler kyler murray and joe burrow were also very very talented well like well regarded quarterbacks coming out like what they're trying to do is 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 put a number on like the like the talent level and like pretty much like show you like they're they're they just have a higher likelihood to succeed pretty much is what it means. It's not, yeah. it's not the end all be all Aaron Donald. It's not a was guarantee like a, at all. No, yeah. no. Aaron Donald was like a two star. Right. And like yep. went to pit, you know, and he was like, he's a stud. So, but yeah, I, I think when, when you like, when you look at like it, when you kind of look at the composite of it all, like J- Jamar chase had a huge year. He was, he was a high four, almost a five. Like yeah. these, these guys were stars and yeah, Odell had a, had a good year when he went to the Rams. Like the, the ones that do show out and are at an elite, elite level are often well-regarded coming out of high school. Not always, but often. Yeah. We just saw Bryce Young win the Heisman. He was a five-star recruit, the number one quarterback in his class. He's probably going to be the number one player taken in the NFL draft year from now. Like probably. Yeah. Again, it's not that you can't make it to the NFL as a three star or a two star or a zero star. It like it's it happens. Harder. It happens all the time. It's just the percentage. And again, also on the other side of that coin, like a, being a five star does not guarantee you success. It does not guarantee that you will be drafted. Like roughly one third of them don't get drafted, but you have a much higher chance of being drafted if you're a five star or a four star relative to a three-star lower. And, and we use the NFL draft just because that's kind of a gauge that you can use to see how successful players were in college. So just going to throw this in real quick. And I know we, I know we got to go, but just real quick, just a little, um, Josh Pate, he does like a mood tracker thing, you know, like he mm-hmm. does like schools. Mood. We're going to do an Arch Manning mood tracker. <laughs> and like just right now, just off the cuff, just real quick before we get out, where do you think that Arch Manning will be attending school? Ooh, man, I think it's probably either Alabama or Texas. Yeah. And man, I I just feel like, so I know Texas got David Cutcliffe, who is a big friend of the Manning family. Yeah. Had had a hand in developing both Peyton and Eli. Right. I do like, I I think the smart money probably still has to just be Alabama, like, because it's Alabama. Is that, what, what do you think? I don't think his brother or his uncle, his uncles or his dad will let him go to Alabama. I don't, I don't okay. believe that. I don't think that I, I think they respect him. I don't think they'll go there for me. Texas is the school. Like, All right. I, I think you're, you're silly to not go there, especially like, like Cutcliffe does have, yeah, the Manning ties. Yeah. Um, the only thing like LSU, the local, like, LSU is local for him. That's that's home, you know, for him. That that's where yeah. he's from. If if they they make, yeah, I, I, I'm not even sure. LSU is may, maybe my sleeper. LSU is a team that no okay. one's talking about yet, but I think will get in the game late. Um, I know Georgia is kind of viewed as like one of the favorites for him. He'd be silly to go there. Like, why would you go to right. Georgia? I'm a Georgia fan. Still think he'd be silly to go there. Yeah. I'm going Texas with LSU. LSU is the sleeper. By the way, we should talk. I mean, just Arch Manning is in the class of 23. The class of 23 is a really good quarterback class. Like, yeah. there's going to be some really good big name quarterbacks coming out of this class. Uh, people aren't talking about it, but I think the class of 2022, the, the current high school seniors that are about to be freshmen in college, I think it was actually a bit of a poor class, if I can say that, for quarterbacks. Yeah. Um, there, there's a few that have a chance. Like, you know, Obviously, some of these will turn out to be really good. Like, that's how mm-hmm. it works. 
Cade Klubnik probably has good, as good a chance as any. But I think there's probably about five quarterbacks in the next class that are on that level. Like, I think maybe there's – yeah. Right. There's right. about five guys that are just as good or better than the best class, quarterback in the last class. Just something to keep an eye on as far as recruiting goes over the next cycle. All right. Anything else we should talk about before we close up here? I'm good. I'm ready to go. It's going to be a long off season, guys. But remember, YouTube is your friend. Absolutely. YouTube is your friend. Those highlights, the people that make those, they have a special place in heaven, the people that make those highlights, <laughs> the, the condensed clips. By the yes. way, if you want to get some really good entertainment on YouTube, the 2019 LSU-Bama game is the best oh. football game that has been played that I have seen. Just so, the pure names in that game. It's crazy. And it gets more impressive as those guys keep getting drafted. Like most of those guys have, have left now and are in the NFL or about to go to the NFL. And it's silly. It's actually yeah. silly the amount of talent that, that was in that game. So yeah, do yourself a favor. If if it's if it's it's a long ways away. We're six weeks away from the like it just went it just ended six weeks ago. We have a ways to go. YouTube is your friend. Absolutely. All right, everybody have a great week and God bless. <laughs>